two dudes running around slaying, one dude too busy moving furniture to care. This is Play on Arrival, a weekly video game forecast brought to you by RPGera.com. Here at Play on Arrival, we'll be running down the biggest and hottest games releasing each week, talking about the new releases we've been playing since we last spoke, and looking ahead to the most anticipated games releasing next week. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, first of all, it is Kyle. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm doing great. Good, good. I was uh, wondering if you would co-host my new podcast on my favorite Four Non Blonde song. It's, and I said, happy on arrival. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge Four Non Blondes fan, oh, okay. but well, uh, that is a great song. Thank you. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, it's a great song. And I, you know what? I think your version uh, might be better. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah not bad. Not bad. Okay. We'll, we'll see how it does on the iTunes charts. Yeah. Maybe you'll uh, jump up to number one like that country singer that just came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. What the heck, huh? All of, what's his name? Oliver something? Uh, I don't remember. Dan yeah, me neither. in Discord. Yeah, Dan's a fan. Uh, also on the show today is the co-host of Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast. It is Sev. Afternoon, Brian. Afternoon, Kyle. I was dreading that Kyle would bring along a podcast based on a song because I have brought one very similar, and this is based on a certain Maya He, a Maya Who, Maya Ho, and a Maya Ha Ha, and it's called Vers Plas Da Numa Numa Ye, Numa Numa Ye, Numa 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 Ye on arrival. <laughs> You guys are both so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair. They're just going to continue to get longer and longer, too. Yeah, good luck searching for mine in the search bar. (laughs) Seth, yours is a... Yours was a meme too, isn't it? It is, yes. It's one of the uh, viral videos from the early internet days. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like one of the early memes, yeah. Yeah, So it fits you. Fits you. Yeah, yeah, very fitting. Uh, special shout out to Occam Flazer for the music here today during the show. Go check him out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and X. You won't be disappointed. Please take a moment and do us a favor if you'd be so kind. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop a quick rating and review. It really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload HD Works Wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexx and Zanku. All right, guys, as we uh, move into current conditions for this week, uh, Sev, you are here for one specific reason, that is to talk about the game we will get to in just a few minutes. However, kicking things off this week, we are going to go with a highly anticipated, especially here at uh, RPG Era amongst myself, Kyle, and Sean, who you generally only hear on this show when it's Thunderdome season. Uh, We have our new asymmetrical survival horror game that just released from Gun Interactive, the same studio, actually, that put out Friday the 13th back in 2017. Now, thankfully, thankfully, it was a different developer because I do think Friday the 13th, it had some good ideas. It was developed by Ilphonic, but um, the game quickly faded into obscurity after several months. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre was developed by Sumo Digital, which I do think has, you know, a a better track record in terms of some games being developed, such as Sackboy, A Big Adventure, which was, wasn't that a launch title for PS5? It was, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. 
um, which I also did enjoy. So we are going to kick things off with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Kyle, over the last few days, you and I have sunk several hours into this mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Uh, I think I've played it quite a bit more than you have. I played some solo as well, but we had a chance to really dive in and play as the family, which in this game are the killers, right? The, what do you have? Leatherface, the hitchhiker, the cook, hitchhiker, Johnny. Cook. And sissy. And, and sissy yeah yeah those are the five and then on the victim side or if you're used to dead by daylight the survivor side you have i i anna i'm trying to let's see if i can remember the names anna oh, i don't i i don't remember all their names anna connie <laughs> julie leland leland and sunny i think I there's think one more is. i think there's six total no there's five there's five and five um they have five on each side so we had a chance to play both sides And I will say right out of the gate, I knew that I really wanted to focus on playing as the killers in this game because based on the beta footage and just watching people stream it on Twitch for the several weeks that it was live, all the gameplay that I had seen, it seemed to me that killer was going to be way more fun in this game than it is in Dead by Daylight because it's the complete opposite for me in DVD, right? Like I have played killer before. I actually got pretty good with Pig and Legion back in the day, like several years ago. But for me, Dead by Daylight really is just about playing as survivors and trying to escape the killers. This one, I enjoy playing as the survivors. You and I did a little bit together and then we played with Robbie some last night. But it's so much more fun playing as the killers. So I I have fun with both and it's for different reasons, right? They they do play very, very differently from each other. And uh, yes, as an asymmetrical horror game, I think that this is most apt kind of compared to Dead by Daylight, a game that both of us are, you know, super familiar with. And, oh, yeah. you know, people on the podcast know that you've played that game for years and years now. And I played it for quite a while, too. Over but, 500 hours for me. Yeah, but it's... Wow. It, it's quite a bit different than Dead by Daylight. Uh, Gameplay wise, this game doesn't feel like Dead by Daylight almost at all. Oh, uh, no, it's not. Yeah. This game is is much more stealth heavy, much more objective focused and trying to get different things going on around the map all at the same time while you're communicating with each other. It feels there's a lot of really good team play elements in this game. It is different. I don't think that it's a replacement to Dead by Daylight. I think that both of these games can exist in this asymmetrical horror space simultaneously because they do play so differently. I've seen a lot of stories popping up that Gun and Sumo Digital are really trying to separate this from Dead by Daylight because they don't want it to be compared. Um, Yes, it's kind of rooted in the same foundation, right? But it is drastically different. You're not running around starting up five generators to power exit gates and leave a map. You have multiple different ways to escape from the family, which are the killers in the game, right? You can power up, or I'm sorry, not power up. You actually kick and turn off a generator to get the gates to not be electrified so you can pick the lock on the gate to escape you can find a valve which you can take usually down into the basement to a like a tank or something to overload the tank that's upstairs near a gate that will open that particular one so you can escape you can find a fuse which you can then pick the lock on the fuse box 
and do like a mini game where you have to do the right ampage in the fuse box to get the actual thing to come on, which will open up a door in the basement that allows you to escape. And is there another way to get out? Those might be the only three. I think those are the three. Yeah. I know. Well, wait, wait, wait. There's a car battery, too, in some of the maps where that one's, that one's the same gate one. That's though. the same as the generator on the one map, right? Right, right. Potentially. Yeah. But there are several ways to get out and survive. You know, there is no way to defeat the family. There's no way to defeat the killers. You have to escape from one of the exits. But there are so many things that if you're playing, as survivor in this game you can do to try to survive such as pick up health and keep your health up so you're not bleeding out because if you don't heal yourself as you get attacked you will eventually bleed out and die right. you can pick up bone scraps which allow you to stun the killer it's kind of like the decisive strike ability in dbd where after you get hooked if you get downed and picked back up you can stab the killer uh, this just lets you stab the killer in general with a bone spike but you can also use it to cut down um, traps and shit that are on the map that make noise so that way you're not making noise. You can pick up screwdrivers which allow you to pick locks on doors and gates to get out. You can also utilize different unique abilities that each character has. Leland, the character you play as, is basically like a big, tough, bulky dude who will shoulder tackle the killers and stun them or completely knock them over. He stuns Leatherface like he's, you know, kind right. of makes him not be able to move for a few minutes. But everybody else he's able to, like, put on the ground on their back for several seconds, which is kind of funny when it happens. Oh, it's, a, it's the best. I love it. It's the entire reason I play that character. Connie, the character I've been playing as, she has the highest proficiency for survivors and is able to focus when picking locks to where she can instantly open up a locked door, right. which is kind of cool. And every survivor has, and killer as well, has a skill tree that is very much akin to like an MMORPG style skill tree where there's branching paths and sometimes there's two branching paths sometimes there's three I think the only time there's three is right at the start and then every other mm -hmm. time you get to a branching path there's two right. and if you go left or right it locks off the other side to you so you really have to think about and consider how you want to play these characters what perks you want to use what abilities you want to use and what attributes you want to focus on because each side has different attributes as well I think what do we say killer has three endurance strength and um and no blood and, collecting it's, it's yeah it's savagery like savagery blood, blood collecting, collecting and something and, else and endurance something and like yeah, that maybe yeah. like that yeah to keep you from not getting uh running out of stamina i should it's say so you can keep sprint, chasing yeah. yeah and then survivors have five right they have proficiency endurance strength Stamina as well. Endurance is stamina. And then and stealth. stealth. Stealth is one of them. And then there's another mm -hmm. one as well. There's I can't remember what the fifth one is. But um, you unlock ability points or attribute points in those skill trees as well 
to dump into your characters. And it seems like the highest level you can take the characters in the game right now is level 10. Uh, there is no way to get them higher than that. So once you have them at level 10, they're pretty much maxed out and you basically have the perks that you have. Now, some of the perks that you get are random. So if you don't like the perks that you get, you can respec and it doesn't cost you anything to respec. You can continuously respec and go down the same tree until you get the perk that you want in those random slots, which I did on Leatherface because as you and I have been playing over this past weekend, we did find out that the games really only go well and do well if you have somebody that knows and understands the game and how to play Leatherface because he's the only one that can run around and clear barriers. He can destroy little crawl spaces so that the survivors have a harder time going around the map. And he does seem to do, obviously, he has a chainsaw, right? He does do the most damage. So if you have somebody playing as Leatherface that doesn't understand the mechanics or just isn't good with him, it's pretty much a no-win situation. Yeah, like, it's pretty difficult. You get stuck. Yeah. yeah. So I've been kind of maining him because I got good at him really quickly. And yeah. you you definitely need to understand at least the basics, right? You and I, when we first started out, I was trying to give you tips and hints on securing the perimeter by electrifying the gates and turning things on that needed to be turned on. And for our first several games where you didn't quite get it, it's hard if you don't understand Certainly, and know yeah. what you need to do. Yep. Yeah, and you know this being a a three v four instead of a one v four like other asymmetrical horror games can be or typically are, it feels like this could have very easily gone into the territory of imbalance, you know, and and making it so that the killers are way too overpowered or something, because the killers are much stronger than the survivors in this game, just like in something like Dead by Daylight. But the way that they've constructed the maps gives the victims much more maneuverability around the maps and ability to get through spaces that the killers can't get to it's actually quite difficult to chase the survivors for long distances in this game because of all of the maneuverability around the map which is very clever i think on the part of the developers to give you know make the survivors mobile and make the killers have a harder time you know give them tools to kind of reduce that mobility for the for the survivors it's it's kind of a clever change it, it makes the game feel much more hide and seek i think than dead by daylight ever has for me yeah which is actually kind of a fun change and we did realize quickly that communication is key yes they do have built-in voice chat in the game right the family members or the killers can all talk to one another the it's always bad it's generally horrible yeah <laughs> i think you you turned off voice chat quickly after talking some trash to one player in a game it was yesterday like, oh, there were like three or four games where the voice voice chat was only bad yeah i had no good good experiences in voice chat and that's general in video games not just this oh, yeah. game no it's and it's so, very toxic so it's always toxic games, as hell four games into texas chainsaw massacre voice chat went right off yeah and i left it on because i do like saying gg or something after a game if somebody does really well um but when you and i were playing as the killers with robbie last night right because there's three killers so we had three of us and we were just the three killers we were dominating those matches dude like calling things out oh there's somebody here somebody there we would box them in you would go to the right i would go to the left and we would kind of trap them in a corner 
And if you called out, oh, I'm being because there's I don't they're like intense moments or I don't remember. I don't know exactly what they're called in the game, but it's the thing where you have to spam F to try to win like the encounter. It's like you're struggling with the Yeah, you're like struggling with the person and somebody's going to come out on top. But when you were doing that with some of the victims, if I came over, I could just instantly kill them as they were struggling with you. Right, right. So communication is 100% key, and it makes this game so much easier. Same thing on the survivor side, right? If you're communicating with your other survivors saying, hey, you know, I'm nearby this area. I just picked up the fuse. I'm going to go put it in the fuse box. The The basement door will be open shortly. Everyone can go down there. And that's actually a game that we had last night playing with Robbie. We played against four survivors that just shit all over our faces basically one of them found the fuse box they all were in the basement teabagging by the door when i got down there and they just ran out so if yeah. you communicate with your party members the game gets easier and yeah, it does. you really have to communicate which is why the voice chat is built in i do think it's better being in a party though in discord yeah we we also have been playing for the game's only been out for two days so metas will evolve the game will change you know people will figure out strategies that haven't been discovered yet which perks are best which characters are best and and how to build your character and yeah there's really nothing out there yet i did look yesterday when i was trying to see like what's the best build for leatherface or yeah what's the best build for sissy because those are the two characters that i really like playing as on the killer side and there's a couple youtube videos but there's nothing like concrete and nothing definitive that says this is the best build that you should run for this type of situation i do like that you can freely respect because it does allow you to consistently pump in points to whatever character you want to play as at that time because leveling up in this game takes quite some time after the first 10 levels or so yeah takes a little bit yeah and it i mean each time you level up you get five or six skill points that you can dump into your skill tree um but it, again, it takes a while to even go from, say, le- I think I'm level 15 or 16 in the game right now, and I need 10 or 12,000 experience points to get to the next level. And generally, per game, you get around 1,000 or so. So you have to play quite a bit. I think Pug is one angry Pug, one of the streamers we watch on Twitch, is one of the highest levels I've seen. As of last night, he was like 24 or 25, right. but he's been playing nonstop, non-stop since the yeah. game came out on Friday. Friday. So it does take quite some time to get to these levels and really get the skill points that you would need to max out several characters and really get to the end of their trees, get all their ability points, get all their perks and that kind of stuff. Um, eventually, I believe you will be able to just max out every character, but you would need to be like level 100 plus to do that. And that's going to take right, right, right. hundreds of hours to do. So I'm excited to see how this game evolves. Obviously, it just came out. You look at Dead by Daylight when it first came out in 2016. It is a drastically different game in 2023. That game has undergone so many iterations, so many changes. I do think Texas Chainsaw Massacre has a more lasting appeal than, say, Friday the 13th, the last game that Gun Interactive published. And I do think this one will be around for years to come with several iterations and changes, just like Dead by Daylight went through. I'm curious to see what they add to it. I'm curious to see if they add any additional family members, if they I'm sure they'll add additional survivors. But family members, I'm not 100 percent sure because, you know, well, I think that's been the success of Dead by Daylight is keeping the game fresh with new survivors, new maps. Apps, uh, new perks, things like that. That I, I mean, that's how these games survive. And so, if they can, if they can keep a steady 
stream of content in this game. I think it'll do just fine. Because cosmetics only get you so far, and the only cosmetics that are in the game right now are pretty much on the survivor side, right? Each survivor yeah, has... There's, there's Leatherface and then survivors. Yeah, five or six different costumes you can unlock for survivors. Thankfully, they are all unlockable in-game. You don't right. have to and purchase them. You just, just play the characters. Yeah, they're Yeah, they're just like different color shirts. That's it. Yeah, except for Leatherface, who does have three costumes that are 100% different, right? You have they're the classic, unique, yeah. classic Leatherface, the pretty lady Leatherface, where he's running around with like a face that's makeup, and then I don't, the third one, I don't know what it's called, but it's very weird, very similar as well. But it's all different versions of Leatherface that we've seen in movies, which right. is kind of cool. Um, Sean will be home, I think, from his vacation on Tuesday, and I'm really looking forward to jumping in and playing with him because he's the one that, you know, anytime we're playing Dead by Daylight, it's always Sean and I. So I'm curious to see how Sean takes to this game, and I'm hoping he enjoys it just as much as you and I have. Um, it's a game that I don't think I'm going to stop playing anytime soon. I'm kind of addicted. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it as well. I don't plan on putting it down anytime soon. It's the game that like, you know, at night after I'm kind of done wrapping my day up, I'll probably sit down and play a couple matches with you and Sean or Robbie or whoever's playing just because it is a good time to relax and rewind. Yeah. So you're playing the Game Pass version. Sean purchased it on Steam. Shout out to the team at Gun. I wasn't expecting this, but I did get a key for it on launch day, oh, very um, nice. which was really cool. I had I had pre-purchased it on Steam and was just, you know, I was going to buy it because, yeah, the game's available on Game Pass, but... Um, I wanted to own it on Steam because there was going to be a time that I knew that this game would not be available on Game Pass. And it's going right. to be something that I don't want to stop playing just because it's no longer available on Game Pass. So I was just going to buy it right from the start. Plus, I want to support the developers, uh, support the team because this game is a lot of fun to me. But uh, they sent me a key, so I refunded my purchase, used the key, and I was good to go. Um, So I do appreciate that. If I was scoring this as a review, like if we still did reviews over at rpgera.com i probably would land somewhere around eight five i'm i'm closer to eight because okay. there are network errors there's a clunky ui and it seems to only be the steam issue that's having network errors and it's because it's only yeah. me that gets plagued by it you and robbie playing through game pass didn't have any issues when we were in a party but after like three or four matches i would get disconnected and have to restart my game and load back in to keep going yeah. which is unfortunate i, did, I do hope I did that have gets fixed some ui bugs um that kind of just resolved over time and uh there's some clunkiness here and there but other than that i mean i'm having a great time i i'm i'm landing on eight pretty evenly so have any interest in Texas chainsaw massacre um do you know what if you keep hyping it up for like the next few weeks i may at some point like download it and jump in with you because you have game pass right i do have game pass yeah yeah so you could always check it out it's not as scary i don't think you would want to you know hide yeah, behind your intense. house and piss your pants I, like you i mean do with intense, I guess, yes but it's not it's not scary that's fair that's fair it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. So if you're interested in Dead by Daylight and in these types of games, really, honestly, guys, go check out Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is a lot of fun. I'm sure you will hear me talking about it extensively over the next several weeks, months, maybe even years, just like I've been talking about Dead by Daylight for years, right? Every time there's an update, hey, there's an update coming out this month. Actually, I think it launches on the 29th. It's the Alien update that looks so sick. That's and cool. as soon as that comes out next week, I will be playing Dead by daylight for that new chapter for a bit because that's what I tend to do so I'm sure I will be doing something very similar with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 
Uh, but Sev, that was a while I know, and you are waiting to tell us what it's like being a solo fart. So why don't you uh, kick it off and take us into a different direction, a much more family-friendly direction in Moving Out 2. Yep, so for those that don't know, Moving Out 2 is a sequel to Moving Out, obviously. Um, and I've not been playing as a solo fart. I've never been a solo fart in Moving Out. Just <laughs> um, <laughs> to put that on the record. Uh, yeah, so Moving Out is a game that like me and my son play, and if anyone's ever played like Overcooked, you'll get the sort of gist that it's one of those. It's like a cooperative, like chaos game, um, but it's much less intense than uh, Overcooked is. Like Overcooked, you see, you have to you have to cook stuff, and order come, orders come in, and then like eventually, as you get like later down the levels, you get on like trucks that split apart, so you can't get to each other, and then things set on fire. And you always yeah, Overcooked too really did some crazy things with their stages, right? You you're like on hot air balloons and crashing yeah, yeah. on airplanes and shit while trying to make food. <laughs> yeah, so I always find like first few levels were fine by like level five or six. I hated everyone I was playing with. Like why can't why can't people run through to the fast properly? Why are we why are we having such a difficult time with this? But moving night two, it's similar, but it, it because of the way it's structured is much less intense. You don't tend to get angry at the other people. Like there are moments where um where I'll be annoyed at my son because he doesn't know how to to, um carry a chair down the stairs properly like don't don't stand horizontally to me stand behind if you're behind left goes left right goes right if you're in front left goes right and right goes left if you get me as if you're yeah. turning something um but yeah you have like a time limit and then within the time limit there are say like 20 to 30 items in the level that you need to uh pull out of different rooms like pivot round doorways uh, and then fit them all into the truck so they fit inside the truck um so and then it does the thing where with overcooked where the levels get more and more complicated they add more mechanics um but moving out too i tried to stay away from any of the trailers for it uh just because i didn't want to be spoiled on what the what the kind of levels were but what we got was essentially by the time you get to like level four you open up like a multiverse so you get like different biomes so there's like a, a fantasy biome a candy land biome uh there's a city in the cloud sort of biome and i believe there's like a futuristic biome as well um but these all add like pretty cool things like there was fog of war levels and then there were levels where you get on trains you have to like chuck a load of stuff on a train uh and then someone jumps in the front of the train you drive the train round, then you all unload it and then you have to drive the train round again to pick up more stuff and you're all doing this while there's a time limit going down um every time you finish a level there's like three of three secret objectives that pop up like sometimes it's uh if, if there's a basketball and a hoop in a level if you take the shot and you, you get the you get the point then it'll pop up that that was one of the secret objectives but you can always go back into the levels afterwards because like later levels are stargated uh i think they call it fart levels to be fair um, <laughs> yeah furniture furniture removal assistance technician or something but yeah yeah um so you need to build up your star level so you can access the later levels so i've been going back through the earlier levels and doing all the stuff there and some of them are like don't don't break any windows because you can do stuff like you can just smash the windows you turn up and you're like right we're here to move your eyes and you instantly like smash through all the windows and chuck the tv off the stairs and all that sort of stuff so it does get chaotic um but yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm having a great time with it i'm really happy i believe it i believe it's sitting at like 83 on metacritic it came in pretty it. high yeah like i mean i well not high but way higher than i expected a game like this to come in at yes yeah see, i was kind of predicting like 78 was the top end i didn't think it'd hit any higher than that i don't think the first one got above 75 but yeah it is very cool there are also like um 
boxes and you know, like crates and stuff like hidden in levels and hidden around the open world because you can drive around the open world in a truck um, and once you find them you collect new characters and there's like a guy with a plant pot head and there's a guy with a taco head and all this sort of stuff <laughs> so it's just it's, it's dumb fun but yeah I'm about halfway through the game now and me and my son will go back to it on Wednesday when he comes around we'll try and get through the rest of it but in between that time I've just been replaying older levels to get more stars so that we haven't got to try and replay levels later on to get those stars to get those spot levels up yeah instead of uh you know playing the legend of heroes in between when he's not there you're uh being a solo fart exactly yeah, what we yeah. said yeah farting around i guess so. <laughs> the, the, the farting around on your own like well you can play this game one player like it is better with two players but this time around there's a bunch of accessibility options so you can make it like easier for two-player furniture to be moved because there are some items that can only be moved by like two or three people um like you can drag it yourself but it's super slow to drag and with a time limit going you kind of want both people dragging it at the same time but yeah you can sort of like increase the time um you can yeah make things lighter and then other stuff like that so it's been quite easy just to go back in knock all the accessibility options up to make it easy for me and then collect those extra stars there nice i don't know that it's a game that i ever will jump into we see it's free on it's on the playstation plus extra it is and i was uh i was gonna buy this day one regardless because i put it at like number two or three in my thunder zone so i was super hyped for it but um i wanted to play sea of stars on playstation just for the trophies and then when they announced that this was coming uh in the playstation plus i was like well it's no no brainer then i might as well just get this yeah, I think I might do the same with Sea of Stars because I was going to play it through Game Pass, but I like trophies more than achievements. Yeah, yeah. So I do think I probably will play Sea of Stars on PS5 as well um, through PlayStation Plus Extra or Premium or whatever the fuck it's launching on. I'm doing I'm doing Sea of Stars on Game Pass just because I want to be able to switch back and forth between my Xbox and PC. Yeah, I mean, that's smart. That it, that's smart. Yeah. And it, I, I don't know that it has cross-save, but I assume it does. I, I'm, I'm going to hope it does i think if it is it if it's on xbox through game pass doesn't it just do x cloud or the same uh not between? all of them it has to be enabled yeah. by the developer uh, okay fair fair but yeah sea of stars is uh next week actually i'm excited for that i am so excited man uh, yeah i am very excited for that but um yeah that's i guess moving out to how long how much longer do you think you have to finish it see i think we stuck about seven or eight hours in and then we've probably got like maybe another seven hours or so to go it all that's depends on like how many levels hey if you can get through the levels without messing up like there were a couple of levels where we didn't we didn't hit the you get like a pro time and then you get like a base time um the pro time is sometimes like six minutes and the base time is 10 minutes and we still weren't able to finish the level in 10 minutes so we get to go back through and try it again try it a couple of times it just depends on how difficult they get later on okay if you were reviewing this as of right now what would you give it uh, see i like doing decimal points so i'd probably be sat at like 7.8 7.9 uh, okay and then depending on how the game sort of like ends up uh, maybe, maybe closer to an 8.2 so kind of around this the the area you thought the game was going to come in as like an overall aggregate yeah 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 that's fair that's fair all right well you have to keep us updated in your solo fart adventures okay <laughs> even though uh even though you're not really playing as a solo fart a duo fart i should say huh yeah, it's always, always better when you fart in pairs <laughs> 
fair. Okay. Um, last game I want to talk about here in current conditions is a game that I briefly jumped into, a game that I actually was interested in, and I'm actually going to pull up our Thunderdome rankings to see where this one fell, uh, because I think this one actually got higher, way higher than I expected it to. It did. It officially placed in spot number 14. Um, I had it ranked at 31. Kyle, you had it at 41. Sev, you had it at 19. And Sean had it all the way up at 10. And that is Atlas Fallen, a game that came out about 10 days ago as the time we were recording on August 10th. It was published by Focus Entertainment, developed by Deck 13. Deck 13 is the studio that brought us, um, and I think it might be the exact same studio and team, like the the actual people that did The Surge and The Surge 2. So I rented from Gamefly Atlas Fallen, and it's a game that was initially supposed to come out early. Earlier this year, um, I want to say it was set to come out in May, but then it was delayed to August 10th to allow for additional dev time to like further polish the game. And I think they also included like some German um, text and voiceover work that wasn't in the game. So they did delay it for at least, um, you know, a reason and not just because they thought the game sucked. But I think the game kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the game doesn't look good. Let's be honest. It's, it, it's yeah, it's rough. So it feels to me like an empty version of it, it's worse than destiny, but it feels like an empty version of destiny meets um, Forspoken. I had to think of the game that we just talked about last week on the show that I played earlier this year. Because when you start out, you are in this like dreamlike sequence or nightmare like sequence, I should say, playing as this unknown shadowy figure who is running about this broken, collapsing land, running towards the light. Eventually, you learn how to do combat. And when you get to the end, it fades away and you start kind of getting introduced to the characters that you're playing as. You do get to customize your main character, but the level of customization leaves a lot to be desired. There's not a ton of hair options. There's not a ton of ways to make your character look um, individual and unique, you know, especially coming off a game like Boulder's Gate 3, which one of the most robust character creators I've seen in quite some time. Um, So I created my character. I started running around the camp that you start out in, right, talking to the people, doing the quest that the traveler, I think her name was the traveler, no, the tracker, uh, traveler's destiny, but the tracker that I was talking to by this campfire she's like we need to band together because they're gonna try to get us killed and something happens a thief steals something in the camp and the king tells you to go out and catch this thief so while you're walking around and it's you know you're just by yourself while you're walking around this land you are being attacked by or chased by these wraiths and eventually you will come across this glove and the glove is very similar to the way the cuff works in Forspoken, right? So as you pick this glove up, it attaches to your arm, much like when Faye picked up the cuff in Forspoken, it attached to her arm, 
and then the cuff would talk to you and it gave you all of its abilities to where you could attack, do damage, do magic. Atlas Fallen follows a similar pattern. The glove allows you to do damage. I didn't know and I don't know and I probably won't ever know because I don't plan on playing it again if you do unlock any sort of like magical abilities or if it all is just physical weapon based combat. Um, I played for probably an hour and a half, right? I gave it longer than the Sean 20 minute test. Mm -hmm. I tried to see if it's something that I could get into and there's just nothing in it that interests me. The combat is very dull. It's very boring. The landscapes and environments don't seem to be all that exciting, especially within the first hour. Maybe they get more robust and open up and, you know, are more visually pleasing to the eye the later you get into the game. But with the amount of things that are out right now, and this is something we say often, right? With the amount of games that are out, with how strong 2023 has been for video games, all of these games coming out that are above an 85 or even shit above a 90 on open critic for the aggregate and with me trying to really catch up on the legend of heroes and once i'm done with that i want to catch up on the yakuza franchise i don't want to spend my time even though how long to beat says this game main story only takes 10 hours that's 10 hours i can dump into texas chainsaw massacre or the legend of heroes trails of cold steel 3 like and that's 10 hours that I don't have a ton of hours anymore with a full-time job and with everything else that I'm trying to do. 10 hours is 10 hours. And if I'm not enjoying something or if something just doesn't catch my attention or isn't fun to play, that's 10 hours wasted if I go to through the end. So I do think I will uh, not be returning to Atlas Fall and I probably will send this back to Gamefly on Monday in prep for a few games that are coming out um, this week, actually. I already have a spot open up on my... I, or opened up on my Gamefly queue. I sent back Double Dragon last week because I finished it. So I have a spot for Immortals of Avium when that comes out on Tuesday, which that probably will ship tomorrow, Monday. And then Atlas Fallen will be replaced by Armored Core 6 because remember Kyle, I did say I think I was going to Gamefly that just on the off chance that it's not something I want to own. But if it is, after I get it from Gamefly, if I say, well, fuck, this is a fantastic game, I will replay this or I'm going to spend so much time in this that I want to have it I'll just buy my copy from Gamefly I'll keep it and that actually gives me a little yeah, bit of a I discount think I'm buying it and, and that's fair I was going to as well I really was but mech based games generally don't do as well for me as non mech based games um, I like mech based games right uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X fucking love that game so Sev I know you're a big mech guy I do like some big robots yeah yeah but I've never been a big fan of Armored Core previously the only reason i'm really into this one is because i have fallen in love with FromSoft. so i'm there's a good chance i'm gonna love it and there's a good chance that i will just end up buying it but on the off chance that i don't i want to play it safe i have gamefly i may as well utilize it for something like this get it shipped out, see if I like it, and then if I do like it, I can actually buy it at a discounted price from Gamefly because I have a subscription through them, right? Like right now, Atlas Fallen, it came out on the 10th. If I wanted to be an idiot and buy that game, I could keep it for $49, which is cheaper than the 60 that it costs anywhere else. So it's like an $11 discount. And Armored Core 6 will be the same thing. That's what they let you do. Um, they always give you like a $10 to $15 discount on a new release game if you're the first one that gets it shipped to them like, you know, with their initial copies. And it's still supporting the game because if I buy that copy from Gamefly, they have to then go out and buy another copy to replace it. 
So it's not like I'm not supporting the developer or not supporting the publisher by by buying it elsewhere. It just allows me to say, hey, if I don't like this or if I like it, but I think I'd only play it once, I can send it back afterwards and be done with it. So I think that's the route I'm going to go. So Atlas Fallen will be replaced by Armored Core 6. And then um, I think I don't have anything else after that until next month. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, Atlas Fallen sitting at a 68 on Open Critic. It's not doing well. It's not doing well. I'm not the only one that doesn't like it. Yeah, I am denied about buying it. I thought that I thought the sound idea looked cool and I thought the combat looked okay. But once the reviews came out, I was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not it's not worth wasting the money. Yeah. yeah, it's maybe if you could get it for, you know, and, and this game is a game that would quickly probably reach a deep sale maybe even by black friday in november right like thanksgiving season it probably will be on some steep discounts you probably can get this game for less than 15 bucks by the end of the year yeah yeah that's what that's the nice price in it so if yeah. i've got nothing else to play at the point then 15 dollars is no uh no big deal yeah you buy like four or five games a week at this point mm-hmm. all you do is buy games yeah i love buying games more than i like playing games and alcohol you were pretty drunk the other day yeah i only get drunk once a week these days i'm good <laughs> <laughs> can always tell because you just start going off in discord <laughs> <laughs> oh but i think that'll bring us to the end of current conditions this week so let's go ahead and take a look at what's coming out this next seven days we have eight games coming out in the seven day forecast Some interesting games this week, two, three, four, actually, that I think I'm really, really into. Uh, One that was delayed a few weeks ago that I know all three of us are highly anticipating. So let's go ahead and jump into these. Game number one coming on Monday to PC, Jump Light Odyssey. Keep hope alive on your adventure to the mythical forever star. Gather survivors, repair and build out your starship, brave black holes, and fend off attacks, all while managing the daily soap opera of your colorful crew. Sev, didn't we see this on like a a showcase at some point in the past year or so? I think so. It looks familiar. Yeah, it's a game that a lot of people have wishlisted on Steam. It's the only reason that I actually have it in the forecast because so many people do have it wishlisted on steam i don't think it's one that i will jump into but it is one that i remember seeing somewhere i just don't remember what showcase we would have seen that at yeah it, def- it definitely looks uh slightly in my wheelhouse kind of like a two-point campus two-point hospital sort of similar but, yeah yeah set in space but set in space yep yeah, yeah, something I could see myself playing. Yeah, I don't know that this will be something I actually jump into. I do think, uh, I do think I probably will skip this one, especially with the games that are also releasing this week, because game number two coming on Tuesday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Finally, it's WrestleQuest. Will it come out? Though? I hope so. It got, it yeah, did get too. stealth delayed like on the fucking day before it was supposed to come out last time. So hopefully, it doesn't happen again. <laughs> Powerbomb and pile drive your way through a massive pixel art universe where professional wrestling and RPG fantasy collide. Upgrade from aspiring rookie to world champ by training, learning, glamming, and slamming to the top of the pro wrestling food chain. Draw inspiration from wrestling icons like Jake the Snake Roberts, Macho Man Randy Savage, and even Andre the Giant by exploring worlds based 
on their lofty careers. This looks so cool. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. Obviously, I was going to purchase it straight away when it came, when it was supposed to come out last time, but... Me too. This is a day one for me. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. We will, we will talk about this on Play on Arrival, but we also probably will talk about it a little bit over on Blood and Destroyers as well, since it's a wrestling-based game, because I do think that audience would be interest, interested in this game as well. Yeah, definitely. I think the reviews have dropped for it already, haven't they? I think have they around, started already? Yeah, yeah. I think it's around a 70, 72, maybe. Maybe. Oh, that's actually not as high as I was thinking it would come in, or that I wanted it to come in at. I think they were. I think the reviews came out when it was meant to release, and then yeah, so they've been out for a while. Oh yeah, you're right. There's 16 reviews already still available, and it's sitting at a 70. Yeah, dang. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully some more reviews come in and bump it up a little bit. Um, you also looking at just at the graphics, right? It's not just Jake the Snake and Macho Man under there. You also have characters like Coco Beware, Sergeant Slaughter, the Legion of Doom, Jeff Jarrett, um, and one character that I don't know who he is. He might be unique. I don't know. Okay. He might be unique. He's wearing red and green with some like shades on and a handlebar mustache. I don't know what character that's based on. Maybe I'm just forgetting. I think that, that is that the main character. That might be the main character. The main character takes inspiration from Macho Man. So he's like a, a Mucho Man or something. I think he draws himself. Maybe, maybe. But I know Macho Man is also technically in the game, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think so. But this one looks like so much fun. Um, I can't wait to jump into this. I love these random ass RPGs that are inspired by other things. Yeah, and this has also got, uh, I think there's like, in a, the, the cartoon Invincibles, like there are people from that like cameo in it, and then there are a bunch of like internet sort of celebrities, like Kind of Funny and like OSW, and a bunch of those guys are all, are all in the game as well. So like, if you're familiar with the gaming culture and the wrestling culture on the internet, then you'll probably find a few cool Easter eggs of those people in the game as well. Yeah, very, very cool. Very cool. cool. Game number three, also coming on Tuesday to PC and PS5, Fort Solus. Fort Solus looks to deliver a high-fidelity experience designed to completely immerse the player in the cast and their long night. With performances from Roger Clark, Troy Baker, and Julia Brown, Fort Solus looks to deliver emotion, fear, empathy, and much more with every chapter. Supporting the core narrative are additional instances of stories such as audio logs, surveillance footage, or past-of-present events. Past-of-present events, okay. Accompanying those are video logs recorded by all crew detailing the events before and perhaps even after that night, the alarm was triggered at Fort Solus. We've seen this now for a little over a year. I want to say most often at Keeley's events, whether it is at Gamescom Opening Night Live, which may have been the first time we saw this last year. But I think he also did an update for it back in December at the Game Awards for 2022. I think there was a new trailer that showed up there. Uh, it is a game that I'm intrigued by, and it is something that I'm going to be keeping an eye on because if it comes in and it's getting good reviews, getting good word of mouth, I like the cast of characters that are in here, right? I'm a big fan of Troy Baker. Anytime he's involved in a game, usually that means the game is at least trying to be somewhat appealing to a wide audience and yeah. try to have some sort of strong narrative in there. Um, it's a horror-based game a little bit, it seemed like, so I do like that as well. So it is a game that I'm going to be keeping an eye on, and if it comes in strong, I probably will pick this up and play through it. That's fair. I'm not a massive fan of emotion, fear, or empathy, so I'll probably give this one a pass. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> game number four, coming on Tuesday to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series, Immortals of Avium. A single-player, first-person magic shooter that tells the story of Jack as he joins an elite order of battle mages to save a world on the edge 
edge of abyss. With legions of soldiers on both sides of the Ever War, he must uncover the mysteries of Avium's troubled past, if there's any hope for saving its future. Master three forces of magic and unleash spells with deadly skill in a game that defies FPS conventions. I think this game looks sick. I think I was probably the highest on it uh, when we went over and did this in Thunderdome last quarter. Um, it's a game that also was supposed to come out earlier this year, but was delayed to August. Uh, it is something that reminds me heavily of Forspoken, that game that I played earlier this year and also kind of talked about a little bit with Atlas Fallen earlier. Um, I like that it is kind of an FPS, but not really because it's more of a magic-based shooter and I like magic type shit, so I think this game looks right up my alley, but I'm game flying it, right? So that way, yeah. if I don't like it, I can just send it back. Yeah, I'm erring on the side of caution. Like, I think it, the idea is cool, but I'm gonna wait for the review before I drop any money on it. Yeah, this one could be a lot of fun. But um, I, I think I'll play it safe and I will be game flying this one. Game number five coming also on Tuesday. No PC version for this one, which I think is kind of weird. Just PS5, PS4, Xbox Series and Xbox One and not even a Switch version, which you think it should be on Switch as well. Very odd. Smurf's cart. Who will be the fastest Smurf in town? That is the question you will need to answer in this dynamic cart racing game in the world of Smurfs. The whole family can choose one Smurf, its cart, and special power. Then you're ready to go on wild races. Make the best start, find shortcuts, and use the right items at the right time to pass your opponents. Kyle unfortunately had to dip out on us. I was hoping he would be here to talk about Smurf's cart. Uh, he does have a busy Sunday, so he was only able to stay for the first half of Play on Arrival this week. But this was the game he eliminated right at the start of Thunderdome last time. <laughs> He's not high on Smurf's cart, but um, honestly, it doesn't look terrible. I mean, it's a cart racer. How bad can those be? Yeah, I'm, I'm always up for like a Mario Kart style game that's obviously not Mario Kart on other consoles. I'm always hopeful we get like a great one, uh, kind of like Garfield Kart. Mod Nation? Yeah, Mod Nation Racers or something along that lines. Um, but yeah, this doesn't look like it's going to hit those highs, unfortunately. No, it does seem like it's definitely pulling a lot of inspiration from Mario Kart, right? By including some shortcuts in the tracks, which I always appreciate when there's mm -hmm. different ways to kind of cut corners or completely like rainbow road in the n64 version right as soon as you start if you jump off and aim to the left you can skip like half the fucking track if you land <laughs> on the the track like i like when developers think that far ahead and like oh well we're gonna add these crazy shortcuts that could take years for somebody to find but when they do it's gonna be sick yeah, yeah like definitely. I don't know if it's going to go that in-depth, but um, this is a game that I will kind of keep an eye on. I can't imagine it does well, but I would be shocked if the scores came in strong. Still wouldn't pick it up on day one, but I would probably buy it on a deep, deep sale if it actually scores well. Yeah, that's right. Game number six, I think, is a day one purchase for me. Coming on Thursday to PC, PS5, Xbox Series, and Nintendo Switch, I loved the first one, Blasphemous 2. The second scripture in the Blasphemous series, Portrends? Portends. Interesting. I don't really am not familiar with that word. Portends the return of the Pentient One <laughs> with a story that continues from the free wounds of Eventide DLC, which I actually didn't play, so that kind of sucks. Taking them down won't be easy, but with Blasphemous 2 offering more chances to customize and improve your skill set, along with several new unique weapons to wield with righteous zeal and unrending, unending, I can't read, unending fury, victory might just be within grasp. This game is, or the series, I should say, now that it got a sequel, is so wild, dude. Like, it takes 
religion and completely, completely blows it open. It is, it is very, very, very controversial in some areas. <laughs> Okay. But uh, some of the imagery and some of the environments are just so twisted, so macabre. It's it's insane, man. These games, they're very grotesque too, right? Like, oh, I fucking loved the first Blasphemous. I loved everything about it. I cannot wait to play this sequel. That's cool, cool. I thought the first one looked really good. Um, I never actually got around to playing it, so I will probably put this uh, Blasphemous 2 on the back burner until I eventually get around to Blasphemous 1. Kind of has a, a Metroidvania approach to it, yeah. which also I love. I love Metroidvanias, so... Game number seven kind of took me by surprise as I was looking at the Steam wish list page, um, as I always do when I'm prepping these lists. There's like 20,000 people that have this one wish listed. Coming on Friday to just PC, Sunken Land. Get ready for a Waterworld themed survival game with modular base building, sunken city scavenging, crafting, base defense, and invasions of NPC clans for resources and territory. Ready for the water apocalypse? Not really. I don't like these kind of games, but a lot of people do. This reminds me of The Forest or any of those other types of survival, crafting, scavenging base games meets Dave the Diver. That's what this looks like to me. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, I like the premise. Uh, add to the long list of things that Seth doesn't like in his video games. Um, uh, water scares the shit out of me. So uh, yeah, you're not I a big play. fan of any type <laughs> of game. You were, dude. You didn't want to play Horizon Forbidden West because you thought it was going to be too much underwater. <laughs> I did. It's just the lack of mobility. It, yeah, it scares me underwater. So. Yeah, you, you don't like. Uh, you don't want to go down and to the sunken remains of the Titanic. I'm sure. Yeah, no, uh, definitely not after the recent events. Which also means you're probably going to be skipping next week's Under the Waves, huh? Maybe. See, I think that, that one does look really, really good. So it does it look very good. will depend what that gets, but I am it very does hesitant. Look very good. Yeah, looks great, actually. Who but the big one this week? Game number eight, our final game on the seven-day forecast coming on Friday to PC, PS5, PS4, even though I put PSS, which I don't know what that would be, Xbox Series and Xbox One. Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. Combining From Software's long-standing expertise in mech games with their signature action gameplay, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon brings a brand new action experience to the series. Players will pilot their mech in fast-paced omnidirectional battles, taking advantage of massive stages and their mech's mobility on land and in the air to ensure victory. I, uh, I'm so interested in this. Like I was just talking about, right? I am going to gamefly it because I'm erring on the side of caution just because I've never been big into any of the other Armored Core games. I've played them, but I've never, like, fallen in love with them. But all of them really came out before FromSoft became the studio that they are today with their, um, you know, runaway success with the Souls-like games and just just nailing that formula. Obviously, this is not a Souls-like. At least everything that I've seen gameplay-wise, it doesn't look like a Souls-like. It looks like an Armored Core game, which is why I'm erring on the side of caution. However, I think FromSoft is one of the most talented studios in the industry right now. And I think that I will enjoy this one now more so than I used to because of my love of FromSoft. However, I am going to Gamefly it just in case. I'll buy it from Gamefly if I like it, but I want to have that safety cushion to send it back and not waste any money on it just in case I don't like it as much as I think I'm going to. Um, are you going to get this being a big fan of mechs? See, I remember playing like the earlier Armored 4 games. And I used to uh, have a lot of fun customizing the, uh, customizing the mechs and stuff like that. 
So I think, like, as you said now, uh, FromSoft have sort of, like, elevated who they are. If they're adding, like, that sort of gameplay in with their new, like, really intricately designed, like, not monsters, but mechs and, like, cool sort of, like, stages and stuff like that, then I think they're going to hit gold. Um, I'm just going to wait for the review. Bullet Club Gold? Yeah. Guns up, baby. Guns mech. up, baby. I got two words for you. Guns up. Mech guns up. Um, <laughs> Armored Core. So, yeah, yeah. But I am also uh terrible at other FromSoft games like bloodborne and stuff so you are you're a scrub i am yeah i did not get good <laughs> you just died <laughs> over and over yeah, and over <laughs> yeah yeah i'm super excited for this we'll see what it gets yeah me too this is a tough one this week for me for pick of the week because i'm so into WrestleQuest. i'm so into immortals of avium i'm so into blasphemous 2 and i'm so into armored core 6 but I think for me, the game that I'm most hyped about is the one that I had ranked highest on my Thunderdome, and that is Armored Core 6. So that's that would be my pick of the week this week. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I looked through this list as we were uh, recording earlier, and I was like, I think I know Brian's going to go with Armored Core. I know Kyle's going to go with Smith's Cart. So I'm just going <laughs> to... <laughs> to be fair, Kyle would have said Armored Core 6 as well. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. But um, yeah, so I'm going to give it to an underdog pick, and I'm going to go with WrestleQuest. WrestleQuest is fair. There. That's yeah. probably the game that I'm second most hyped about. Like, if I had to rank the four that I'm most hyped on, Armored Core 6 would be number one, WrestleQuest number two, Blasphemous 2 number three, and Immortals of Avium number four. Like, that that would be my my hype levels for these four games. Yeah, that's a solid weekend. That's good. Yeah, dude, this is a strong week, actually. And it's just going to keep getting better. Mm -hmm. Like, so many good games coming out as we close out the seven-day forecast and move into the extended forecast to look ahead to what's coming. We have so many good games coming soon. But before we get to next week's major releases, we did have some release dates get confirmed and even shifted around over the past seven days. Uh, Ugly, a Severin D story, releases on September 14th. <laughs> you knew I had to do it. Yeah. You knew I had to. But yeah, a game called Ugly. We saw this somewhere, right? This was at a like a mini showcase or something. I remember seeing this game and I thought it looked very, very cool. Um, is it? It might already be available somewhere. Maybe not, though. But this game, it, it kind of has like a very ugly little character it feel it's a puzzle platformer and it seems like binding of isaac s ish okay, almost yeah. right like in the way that some of the characters look it is grotesque in certain abilities it does look like it has some metroidvania elements as well uh it's a game that i actually i'm, I'm very into um very cool art style it's something that i want to keep an eye on but yeah, that's coming out on September 14th, and it is just called Ugly. NASCAR Arcade Rush releases on September 15th. Assassin's Creed Mirage actually moved their release date up by a week. So they're now coming out on October 5th, as opposed to, I think they were coming out on the 12th or the 13th before. They decided to move it up to October 5th to get away from some other games that are coming out in the middle of October, probably. Um, Quantum Error releases on November 3rd. While the Irons Hot releases on November 9th and Promenade releases on February 23rd, 2024. Speaking of games coming out in October, as we move into delays, Alan Wake 2 actually moved their release date down a week. So they were supposed to come out, I think, the 17th of October or something like that, or the 20th. They are now coming out on October 27th. Macross Shooting Insight has been delayed to January 25th, 2024. Pacific Drive has been delayed to early 2024. And... This isn't a delay, but I wanted to put it somewhere. The Xbox 360 Marketplace is officially closing down on July 29th, 2024. 
which is kind of crazy. It's still going, though. That it's still going, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That you could still buy Xbox 360 games in 2023. Like, that's actually very impressive, but you only have about a year left to purchase anything else you want to have on your Xbox 360 through the marketplace before that store officially closes down. Looking ahead to next week for the major releases, we have some good ones coming. Uh, Daymare 1994 Sandcastle, which is the follow-up to the Resident Evil-inspired series that started, I think, two or three years ago with Daymare 1994. Uh, Their latest game is coming out next week. A game that you and I are pretty into, even though Kyle isn't. Goodbye Volcano High, also coming out next week. I think that looks sick. That's probably going to be a day one for me. I really do think so. Um, Sea of Stars, next week. Playable through PlayStation Plus and Game Pass, or you can buy it as well. That is going to be sick. I hope it's this year's Chained Echoes. Echoes. Yeah, I had to think for a second what the game was called last year, but I hope that's that's this year's Chained Echoes that I just instantly fell in love with and couldn't put down until I had finished it. It seems like it's going to be with a more Chrono Trigger inspired gameplay elements. Um, It looks so much fun. Under the Waves, also next week, as well as Trine 5, A Clockwork Conspiracy. So some pretty good games coming next week, too. The Trine series, have you played any of those games? Yeah, um, Trine 4 I haven't played, but I have played the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm the the same. I have not played Trine 4, but I played Trine 1, 2, and 3. Actually played those with because they're they're co-op games. I played those with Jessica back in the day, um, but I did not play Trine Four. But Trine Five definitely has a very uh, steampunk feel to it, right? A clockwork conspiracy. This one definitely leaning heavily on the steampunk vibes, which I love. I love steampunk inspired shit. So I do think I probably will gamefly Trine Five. I probably will gamefly that one. That's Next yeah. week my gameflies will probably be. I'll probably buy. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't know if I'll have a spot opened up. Because my other slot on Gamefly, I still have um, Master Detective Archives Raincode checked out, which I never jumped into. Maybe I'll jump into that, see if I like it. If I don't like it, I can send it back. So that way I can get both under the waves and try and five next week. Um, I don't know. I don't know. If I had to pick between the two, I'd probably rent try and five before renting under the waves. Um, I probably will buy Goodbye Volcano High, Sea of Stars, like I said, playing it through PlayStation Plus. So... But that's the extended forecast and what we have to look forward to. And I think that'll bring us to the close of Play on Arrival this week. Unless, Seb, you have anything you want to mention or cover that you saw before we get out of here. Uh, I will just mention quickly that I've been playing, is it called Curse Gambit? Shadow Pirate thing? Yeah, you did play and you bought that. You bought that day one. I did buy that day one. Um, I didn't want to bring it to the discussion because I've only played about an hour of it. But from what I've played so far, it's very, very good. It is what I wanted as in like pinpoint precision of gameplay mechanics. It's very, very nice. Um, so yeah people should give that a look nice maybe we can get you on play on arrival after you've had some more time to sink into it to uh, talk about it more in depth yeah maybe maybe yeah that'd be fun uh well kyle left us so he's not able to whip out his pp and give us a song do you have any famous last words <laughs> i did i scrambled something together good um, i'm glad you did without <laughs> having me having to ask you <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to do it. These are these are the famous last words from Frida Kolo, and she said, I hope the exit is joyful, and I hope I never return. This episode of Play on Arrival, a weekly video game forecast, has been brought to you by RPGera.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review, regardless of which platform you're listening on. If you want more of us, check us out on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed or following with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media as well as to our Discord server and all other important information can be found in the show notes for the episode.
yeah.